You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're happy you're here today. I'm Leon Dolan. We're at the Wondery Sunset Studios. And guess what? Sisters, it's what? National Cookie Day. Ooh. Well, that's so, exciting. So let's all tell the people our favorite cookies. <laughs> that's my big creative that's idea. That's a big idea, Leon. So, I'm going with Ginger Snap. Wow. That's I love an Ginger Snaps. Unexpected choice. Yeah. Mom well, always had Very boxes. sophisticated, Lena. Yeah. Like, I like that. Yeah. No, For me, I'm... it has to be my husband makes the Christmas cookies, and he makes a Christmas sugar cookie with just a touch of lemon in it. That's my favorite cookie. Okay. Oh, nice. Right, good choice, Julie. Well, uh, this is Liz. I'm the middle sister. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going with white chocolate macadamia, which I know is like a commercialized choice by Mrs. Fields. <laughs> But fine. I don't care. I really mm. like it. That's surprising. <laughs> I don't enjoy white chocolate or macadamia. Okay. Like either separately or together in a cookie. That's what makes the world go round, Leanne. <laughs> well, I don't think you need to malign your sister's <laughs> cookie choice, Leanne. Thank That's you, Julie. hardly a way to start a National Cookie Day celebration. <laughs> you're right. During the holiday season. We, Julie, you're in Brooklyn, NY today, yeah. right? We're going to yes, hear all about I'm that. Yes, I am. I'm here in Brooklyn. Yep. I just want to be clear. We also want to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah, who yes. is celebrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hanukkah started last night, so fantastic. Enjoy, enjoy some Macadamia white chocolate cookies <laughs> for your special day. Okay, the mocking tone, Leanne. <laughs> Got to watch that mocking tone. I just surprising, tone. Liz. That's a rich cookie for you. It is. <laughs> well, I don't eat cookies Gee, very often. Leave her alone, Leanne. <laughs> I don't eat cookies very often. So when I go for it, I really go for it. I was, now that I'm obsessed about my new keto diet, which starts tomorrow, oh. I was listening to a podcast oh, about it yesterday. Okay. And they had a recipe for keto cookies. You're lucky I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the 800 Facebook posts about your keto diet that we'll be getting in the new year. No, no. It's just my own personal thing. All right. Here we go. We got plenty to do. Uh, Urban Nana is in uh, Brooklyn. We're going to hear about some New York at the holidays type of things. You have a report for us. Uh, we're going to talk about the greatest news story ever. That is the Paylessy bogey. <laughs> the best. That the, is amazing. The bogus store? The bogus Payless shoe store. Hey, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a hoax perpetrated by their advertiser that uh, we can totally yeah. get behind. Uh, we have a great New York City engagement story. We have a couple of things for the holiday season that I want you to remember so you can take uh, some peace out into the world. Liz, you are bringing it with Entertaining Sisters. You have some personal inside information yes. about the Mary Poppins returns. Ooh, I can't premiere. wait to hear that. I, I have behind the scenes at the premiere a story no one knows, Leanne, except for me and the person to whom it happened. All right. And you're all about to find out. Fantastic. Also, you did work with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's been in the news this week, so you're going to yes. talk a little bit about that. Yes, I am. Okay, but, but can for, we but yeah. can we start this week because of course this week we are marking the passing of President George H. W. Bush. And sisters, I don't think you know this, but I attended the nineteen eighty eight Republican National Convention <laughs> in New Orleans and heard candidate Bush give his acceptance speech. Did you know that? No. no. 
No, no, I was there. Well, I was now. What first of all, you, yeah. I, okay, sorry. You're I was explain. not. I don't. Let's do. I don't want to start any rumors. I was not a delegate. I have not been a delegate. I don't ever plan to be a delegate. But somehow, my mother and father-in-law, who lived in Northwest Colorado, were alternate delegates to the uh, Republican um, convention. And so they finagled two tickets for my husband and I to go to that to the convention that night. So because you were living in New Orleans at the time, right? I was. We were living in New Orleans at the time. So yes. So two things I remember about that night is first of all, we were sitting up so high in the Superdome, and the pitch of the seats way up in the rafters was so steep that I literally was paralyzed. Leanne, I thought if I nodded my head forward, I actually was going to tumble (laughs) over the railing and end up on the convention floor. I I really, I I could not move. I was so afraid. You've got to strap yourself in, (laughs) in that situation. This is a heartwarming remembrance. (laughs) Yes, okay. So now- Of our 41st husband. Late president. (laughs) Okay, okay. Lifetime of service, who cares? It was the speech. Now, the speech was written by Peggy Noonan and Craig Smith of A Thousand Points of Light, where he said that all the community organizations throughout the nation are doing good, you know, and it was it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. It was a great convention speech. It was a great moment. Maybe it wasn't the greatest public policy, but in that moment when he talked about duty, sacrifice, commitment, patriotism, that finds its expression in taking part and pitching in, it really was beautiful. Yeah. So I just I just want to say thank you, Mr. President, and rest in peace. Yes. Yep. Still seems like a good idea, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I'm, I'm for that. Well, there are a lot of pitching people Pitching in. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people out there are doing good yes. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I know. So, so that is, that was... I just wanted to remember that. But now here to the few, to the present, I'm in Brooklyn. I am back on an urban Nana assignment. I am here to help with taking care of now two children. I have Josephine, who's four, and Evelyn, who's seven months old. And this is a new, new assignment this time because my son and daughter-in-law have moved to a new apartment. And you know what that means, Liz? What? That means new keys. Oh. And the words that no grandmother ever wants to hear is the front door automatically locks behind you. (laughs) Yeah, when you're juggling the two kids and you and strollers and gear. Yeah, that's tricky. Oh, this is so this is terrifying. So I have like littered keys all over the place for the the inevitable when the front door locks behind me. My other big challenge is in their new place, there's no room to put the big Swedish, Swedish stroller in, which means every night I have to break down and take apart the stroller and hang up all the parts in the hall. It's, it's, I'm worried about it, Land. Okay. It's just, it's not easy. Okay. I know it's supposed to be click in, click out, but it just doesn't always, you know, this stroller is my nemesis. Yes. It's back. Yeah. And now I have to take it apart every day. Oh, that's like okay. assembling a, a, an Ikea, you know, set of drawers every single night. I, it's just, it's supposed to be simple, but I just, I'm in a cold sweat every moment. So, yeah. Two other things I would say about my trip to New York. I don't know if this is true. I would like New York Satellite Sister New Yorkers to buzz in on this one. But one thing that I noticed this time is, of course, New York has always had a lot of little dogs because of tiny apartments. Mm-hmm. But 
I am certain there are more big dogs in the city of New York than ever before. Hmm. I mean, I don't know, Liz, have the last time of you were, do you notice this? There are big dogs all over the place. I it's have not, not noticed that. Nope. But... It used to be, it used to be kind of a rarity to see a big dog. And you'd always think, whoa, where do they keep that big dog in that tiny apartment? So yeah. I, I would like to, I, I would like to, I think that's a trend. I'm just going to be out early on that one. Okay. And the other thing that just perplexes me is on every street corner right now in New York City, there's, they are selling Christmas trees and Leon, not tabletop Christmas mm. trees, not three footers. These are six foot, seven foot, eight foot. Where are they putting those Christmas trees? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're jamming. I, I want to give it to New Yorkers that they are jamming these giant Christmas trees <laughs> in their tiny apartments with the big dogs in order to celebrate the holidays. So good for them. It's the carrying the big trees up the four flights to your walk-up apartment. That's where you really have to give people credit. That's not they I do. I mean, but they must be selling these trees, Liz, because yes. they're everywhere. And, and they've always been big. there. Yes, always. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Good for you, New York. Um, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Okay. All right. I have a question. I have an Urban Nana question. The A few days in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, Kelly posted this question. What is an herb banana? <laughs> and I didn't understand when I read it what she was getting at. And so, Lee and I asked you, because we were together together for something I'm like, what is this that's happening in the Facebook group? And you, <laughs> you, were, you were genuinely perplexed. Perplexed, yes. Because it was herb, H-E-R-B, yeah. and then the fruit, banana, herb, banana. <laughs> yes. It took me about three seconds. I was like, herb, banana, herb, banana. Oh, my gosh. Herb, banana. Like... Kelly and many, many others were many. not understanding conceptually that Julie was saying urban nana, <laughs> and they were hearing herb banana. <laughs> once, it w- once it was explained to me, Julie, I could understand why people were finding that confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I hilarious. And hilarious. So I, it's just a reminder when we speak, we're, we're, we're fast talkers. Yes. <laughs> People are listening. We don't know what they're taking in. They're taking in a lot of misinformation. (laughs) I know. I'm very sorry. I am going to do some elocution lessons later today so that when I say urban nana, people understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. I did repost the picture of you in our new urban nana t-shirt, hoping that a visual would help people understand what you were saying. (laughs) Liz, there was a call for also an herb banana product line. Yes. I'm sure that's fairly niche. I don't know if we can (laughs) devote the resources for the 12 T-shirts we'll send to get a whole new logo, herb banana design. It also I I thought it was leftover from the wonderful food show we did. I thought it was a recipe I had missed, you know? herb banana but not much no i just didn't find it that confusing but uh, (laughs) i did okay i did okay speaking of confusing the other thing that was wildly confusing and really made me mad at first (laughs) is on i think it was sunday night this weekend julie you again in the satellite sisters facebook group you posted a picture of the barclay center in brooklyn with the long line out in front of it and you said uh, waiting in line in the rain to see Michelle Obama. 
And I got so mad when I read that because I was like, Julie is going to see Michelle Obama and she didn't even tell us she had tickets. I thought I thought maybe your world's best daughter-in-law had somehow gotten you tickets to see Michelle Obama. So, And I think a lot of people concluded like me that you were in the line. I know. I, I forgot the pronoun. I am sorry. I, I was not waiting in line, but I drove past. And I was so excited to see, I was like, there were thousands of people standing outside the Barclay Center in the rain past the starting time of Michelle Obama's book tour speech. Uh, So they they were missing things. And instead of writing... Lots of people waiting in line. I, you know, I just wrote waiting in line because yeah. I was so excited to be part of the first lady, even tangentially to be part of the first lady thing. But yes, I apologize to everyone who thought I had tickets. No, I did not have tickets. I don't have a report. I, you know, I like you, I was shut out of all of that. So I apologize. Okay. What what I love about this whole thing is that everybody else in the Facebook group was so happy for you. All of the messages <laughs> that people posted, like, yay, Julie, can't wait to hear about it. Really excited for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, your sister was just mad. So, okay. So I'm really glad that, that we cleared that up. Uh, Okay, but the line I was waiting in, along with apparently quite a few other satellite sisters, was the Radio City uh, Rockettes Christmas Spectacular. On Sunday, I took my daughter-in-law, who had never seen the Rockettes, and my granddaughter, Josephine, to see the Rockettes. And many, and I posted a picture, and many people in our Facebook group apparently were in the same line that I was. Wow. That is so funny. You should just start wearing your Urban Nana t-shirt at all times so people know you're there. I think we need Urban Nana umbrellas, maybe, or Satellite (laughs) Sister umbrellas. I'm just, that's a side conversation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sisters, we went to see the Rockettes growing up. Our mothers took us in. We, you know, we all went. We saw it. So I was going, I was taking my daughter-in-law and granddaughter for nostalgia. You know, really, I thought, oh, it will be cute. But I fully expected it to be kind of like a tired show, like a little maybe dated. Yeah. Oh, was I wrong? I'm telling you. Okay. This is 90 minutes. I'm just going to list off the performing arts that are included in this 90 minute spectacular show. Of course you have the Rockettes tap dancing, dancing out of their minds, you know, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. You have Broadway musical style numbers with a whole nother cast of people dancing and singing there was a 3D movie that required uh, 3D glasses. Ooh, fine. There was a full ballet number with the nutcrack, Nutcracker. There was opera. There, Leon, there was figure skating oh, wow. during the show. Figure skating. They had, I don't know how it got there. They had some ice. They had skaters on real skates doing lifts and twirls. They had figure skating. They had fireworks. They had drones. Um, they had they had a Cirque de, Cirque du Soleil aerial number that they did, and of course the live nativity. Yes, oh, I know that's the living nativity <laughs> when that camel comes on. It's a winner. It's a, it's a winner. But there is so much else in this show. It is incredible. So it is well worth it. Anytime you're in New York. 
during the holidays and you want to see a Bafo show. It, it was not the least bit tired. They just, there was so much talent up on, the, on that stage. You, you just couldn't take your eyes off of it. It was an amazing show. And I, and I imagine that all the satellite sisters that saw it would agree with me. So put that on your to-do list, your bucket list to come to New York to see the Radio City Rockets yeah. spectacular. Do they run it with it without an intermission? Like it's just 90 no minutes. intermission. Oh yeah, 90 I love minutes, that. Ninety minutes. You, there was so much. Oh, and a full orchestra, fifty-piece orchestra mm-hmm. that kept got, was in the orchestra pit, and then they'd raise it up, and then they'd put it down. Yeah, and, and just projections again, fireworks, drones, you name it. Things were coming at you uh, in all directions. That's, it's just a reminder that there's a lot of talent in New York. Yes. You know, I mean, Absolutely. Re- Absolutely. really, yeah, New York and Los Angeles, there's a lot of talent yeah. in these places, and they can, they really know how to put on a show. And, <laughs> and also, New York at Christmas time, that is just a whole bucket list thing that you should do at some point in your life. Last year, I was, I'm just remembering, Monica and I went to New York for Christmas, our sister Monica, because we had tickets to see Springsteen on Broadway. And but then we went to the tree and met up with your kids, Julie, and your grandchildren mm-hmm. and our brother, our East Coast family. New York at Christmas time, magical place. We recommend. My husband's there this week for work. He's there like fifty six hours. You know, flies in today, flies home Thursday night. And I did just text him. I was like, make sure you get a little Christmas in. I yeah. said, just walk yes, down that street and see you know, that they, tree. Like if that's the, because he's never been there at Christmas. Oh. I said, if that's the only thing you do, like you're staying six blocks away, just walk down and see the tree. Yeah. Uh, you know, or if he's me. got, I mean, they have four shows a day. Of the radio <laughs> okay. City. Imagining your husband. I don't know how those <laughs> girls do it. I don't know how they all dance that hard. Okay. It's amazing. So it is maybe amazing. you can slip in. It's You don't need kids to go to the Radio City uh, Spectacular. <laughs> I mean, it's spectacular. Well, all right. Excellent, excellent report, Urbanana, or Herb Banana. <laughs> uh, thank you okay. very much. All right. Stay with us. But first, we have to thank a few sponsors here at Satellite Sisters. We would... And it's good that over the holidays, you can do more sleeping than usual. So you, you know, so maybe okay. spend half your life. In your bed. <laughs> yeah. Good idea, Liz. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Moving on. You know, one of the biggest news stories this weekend um, were the accusations lodged against Neil deGrasse Tyson by three women and his lengthy response on Facebook. And I know this came up in our Facebook group. Because many of you know that I worked with Neil at National Geographic, and I even traveled internationally with him while we were promoting Cosmos. So I just wanted to say a few things about this. I don't know any of the three women who have come forward, and I have no information that you don't have. I only know what I've read in the news. And the three cases are being investigated, which is the right thing to do. But I would just say this. My personal Liz Dolan opinion is one of the biggest cultural changes that has to come from the Me Too movement is that men need to understand more about how their behavior is received by women, you know, especially powerful men. I think there are a lot of men of power and status who move through the world not understanding what it's like to not have power. And so they don't understand that the people who work for them are constantly trying to balance their desire to have a friendly, productive relationship with their boss with the need to enforce limitations, right, when they feel some kind of boundary is being crossed. And especially when the the less powerful one is a female, which is almost always the case. So if you want to give guys the benefit of the doubt, which I think we all do, right, then I think you also have to ask them to 
change their behavior or at least be aware of its impact. You know, in my mind, they're the ones who should be conscious of boundaries, you know, and how easy it is to intimidate a less powerful person. So instead of being afraid that the Me Too movement means that they are the new victims, men, you know, open your minds mm-hmm. to how it feels to not be you. That's that's all I'm really asking, mm-hmm. you know, to not be the one with the upper hand, to not have the freedom to behave as you wish, to not always reach for everything that you want, you know, because that's the way most women feel most of the time. And, you know, if you listen to Satellite Sisters, you know I have a lot of respect for Neil. I really like the guy. He was a blast to work with on Cosmos and such a lively, great, exciting mind. You know, so this is not just about Neil. For me, I think about it as this is the change that is just beginning to unfold in how we think differently. And I think the less powerful have done most of the enforcement of appropriate boundaries, right? And at great right. risk to their careers, right. I might add, right? Mm-hmm. It's, and I think exactly. just culturally, not even just professionally, you know, it's men usually saying, I want more, and women saying, you can't have it, right? We're the ones that have to be constantly enforcing the rules. Why is the less powerful person the one responsible for appropriate behavior. So I think it's time for the more powerful people to be responsible for that and to understand that you have power over people and you need to be responsible in how you use it. So that means a different kind of awareness than you've had. And that's what I would ask to come out of all of this over the long term. So there you have it. That's my official position. Cool with Good that? Good point. Yeah. Well said, Liz. Well said. Well yeah. said. Okay. All right, moving on moving to on. another workplace story that is um, fantastic. <laughs> on the funnier side of the... <laughs> okay. All right. Last week, Payless Shoe Source, you know, that shoe store, that mm-hmm. discount shoe store that you see in funny strip malls all over California, they announced that they had pulled off one of the great hoax of all time. I thought mm-hmm. with a business hoax of all mm-hmm. time. They had created a fake shoe designer that they called Bruno Pelesi. <laughs> I love the fact that his name was Bruno. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful name. <laughs> and Pelesi was P-A-L-E-S-S-I. And they set up a store, a luxury west, l- website, an Instagram account, all to perpetrate this mythology that if something costs more, that it must be better. So they right. wanted to bust that myth. And so, and then they opened a pop-up shop, not far from you, Liz, mm-hmm. and they invited all these, quote, influencers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a job title now if you... <laughs> we want that what, job title. What does that mean, Liam, an influencer? <laughs> it means that you have a lot of people on your Instagram account. You spend a lot of time shooting photos of yourself in a mirror holding products with the hashtag love this. Like, that's... <laughs> And you get paid for that or you get endorsement deals because the idea is that, oh, my gosh, you're you're Khloe Kardashian. Yeah. You you can sell, you know, this perfume brand uh, through your Instagram account. So that's because we could do it. I just don't think we could pull off getting paid for it. (laughs) No. (laughs) So. So what they wanted to show, Payless wanted to show was the idea, like, just because something costs more, it's not better. But they had all these influence come, allegedly fashion and shoe influencers, mm-hmm. who clearly don't know anything about fashion or shoes because they were paying like hundreds and thousands of dollars for these shoes that cost the real pay less, $19.99 to $39.99. <laughs> I love Such this. a great idea. It's such a great idea. And then they filmed the whole thing. 
And then they informed all the so-called influencers the next day, hey, guess what? Those were Payless shoes, not Bruno Pelesi's shoes. <laughs> were they humiliated? They were. Yeah, humili- what happens to those they, influencers? They gave them their money back. Yeah, so okay. if you had bought the shoes for $300, they gave you your money back, and then they asked for permission to be used in the ad. But it is just a, it is just a sign like – what is happening? Like, I don't understand what creates an influencer and mm-hmm. why we so believe that if something costs more, it must be worth more. Yeah. And I also haven't understood, like, why luxury items, they're supposed to be for the super rich. Yeah. Right. I don't like I don't aspire to luxury items because I'm not in that category. So I, it disturbs me when I see, like, young people thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this investment into mm-hmm. this pair of shoes. No, make an investment into your 401K. I'm like, with you. I right. don't understand. like Especially when it comes to shoes and bags. Right. Like, you read these prices on some of these handbags, and you're like, why would you possibly just get a nice tote bag from... Right. Yeah. It's like the cost of an apartment, you know, or... yes. Yeah. But just the idea and the idea that you would trust somebody you only know through Instagram to lead you to the right spot. Now, yeah. we do have sponsors yes. and we I just did a couple of ads for products we really believe in. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit different relationship with these influencers. It's two or three steps away. We actually use our products. We're pretty careful about who we say yes to. We do say no we to things. We actually say mm-hmm. no to things. And, uh, and again, we're not... We're not getting. <laughs> okay, let me them. ask you this though: If you had gotten the invite to the Bruno Pelesi influencer event, would you have gone? You know what, Liz? I got, we got one the other day to some very similar event in Santa Monica, and oh, I really? thought, no, we don't do high fashion. That's not our thing. <laughs> I, but I do think I could tell a well-made shoe. Yeah, like that's that the you thing. would be able to tell yeah. the difference. Yeah, that's yeah. the real emperor has no clothes because these people who are allegedly like shoe yeah. influencers couldn't even really pick up a shoe and go, oh yeah, this is handcrafted in yeah. Italy because the yeah, they couldn't sh- tell the difference no. between leather yeah. and pleather. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's but that's one of their goals at Payless is to say to you, this is a well-made shoe. Look, it's right. like this could right. fool people that recognize well-made shoes. <laughs> you know, and you know, I am not a fan of. Marketing stunts where hum- you humiliate the people right, involved. That's like, true. I spoke out against IHOB, yeah. for instance, yeah. because the International House of Burgers was just like a scam, and right. you could tell. But this really, really made me laugh. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm happy for the influencers to be humiliated. I don't know. <laughs> well, ironically, I was writing a column for Pasadena Magazine on influencers right when this story broke. So I had been doing all of this research on who are these social media influencers. And they're like people on YouTube that you and I, Liz, have never heard of, would not recognize on the street, and they have 8 million followers. And they make hundreds of thousands of dollars just holding up packaging on their YouTube channel or on their Instagram yeah. and saying, oh, go buy this. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not small potatoes. It's <laughs> it's large well, potatoes. Well, then they have a responsibility too. You know, yes. To... No, they totally okay. do. I mean, I feel like we take our responsibility pretty seriously. <laughs> we do. And I looked over the course of Satellite Sisters. I mean, I think we uh, we we sold some of those Chico sequined pants. Yes, remember? we did. But we believed in those <laughs> we, sequined pants, and they were very flattering. Chicos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly sophisticated pairs. But there was no payment exchange. No. I didn't. No. I think I just, you bought those pants. I bought the pants. <laughs> I thought they looked pretty good on me. People asked about them. 
We sold out of the Chico sequin (laughs) pants. We did it. Like, I think that was my greatest influence here. Uh I think I have really led the Marscapone pomegranate honey appetizer category. I know, Leanne. I know. And there's no Marscapone information center that's paying you for that. It's no, like, no. big cheese well, isn't what, behind the What seat. about the Tortellini Foundation? Yes. Man? Are you receiving <laughs> under-the-table pavements from I'm not. From them? I just think it's funny <laughs> that they're trying to pass that off as actual news items. <laughs> so, anyway, it just, it just, we live in an odd world where people you've never heard of can hold up a product and say, this is great. Yeah. And, you know, when some of that is stripped away. It just delighted me. Well done, Payless. Okay, Bruno. <laughs> well done. Well, here's another social media story that I would have to ca- characterize as sort of the feel-good, feel-gross story of the week. Uh-huh. Of course, I think a lot of people have heard by now of John Drennan and Danielle Anthony. This is the British couple that got engaged here in New York City and they were at t- in Times Square and the engagement ring apparently was too big and it slipped off the finger down into a subway grate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read how about terrible this in is the paper. that? Yeah. yeah. They have CCTV, you know, foot- footage of of uh, John on the on the pavement looking through the subway grate trying to figure out th- where the ring is and the poor couple was distraught they asked for some help from from the police and I don't know they didn't stay around long enough anyway they went back to Britain but you know you have to love the New York Police Department their special ops group they went down into they opened up that subway grate they went down into that muck and they fished out the ring. How about that? That's amazing. And then because they didn't know who the couple was, because the couple had left, they had the footage of them. They started the social media campaign to find out, you know, you know, who this was. And lo and behold, because of social media, the couple and the ring are going to be reunited. But sisters, this story broke this week, uh, but it was interesting to watch the local coverage here in New York of the story because of, yes, it was the feel good story about this couple getting engaged and, you know, finding the ring and the New York City police. But all the TV presenters, all they wanted to talk about was like that look who went down <laughs> into that disgusting subway grate. Would you put that ring back on your finger without like sanitizing it for a, a month? You That's know, so funny. They, they were just, they were more on the feel gross side of this story, but I loved it. You know, I thought it was great. And John wants everybody to know he did not propose in Times Square, okay, yeah. on top of a subway grate. <laughs> you know, despite the picture, he found some very nice romantic place with trees and leaves, but they had been walking through Times Square when the ring fell off. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Thank he did not, uh, did you. not. Okay. Yeah. Feel good. Feel gross. Both of those things is true. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that clarification, because that he, they, he was getting some heat over proposing to her in Times Square out in front of an olive garden. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> Perhaps he's an influencer. Yeah, that's true. You know? He's made by Olive Garden. It is the perfect place to get engaged. Hashtag love Olive Garden. <laughs> Now, that was a little bit of a triumph for the NYPD. Yeah, I know. You've got to love them that they got that ring, that they went into that disgusting look. And so good for them. All right, Julie, I have one last story in this block. Three things, this and that, but 
like great posture, that really can age you down. I thought yeah, it was my, I thought it was my stand up tall. Right? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was my wrinkled décolletage, <laughs> which was the number nope. one sign. Just get yourself a turtleneck and stand up straight, Liz. That's all I'm saying. Okay, what makeup to use? Maybe you're wondering, do I get hair and makeup? What yeah. makeup should Smoky I use? Smoky eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The most beautifying yeah. How make- about the big red lips? What do you, what, what's the answer, Liam? Well, Julie, you're close. The most beautifying makeup is your smile. Simply relax your forehead and add a touch of smile. In addition, a smile spreads beauty around to multiple efforts. It beautifies everyone. Okay, okay so nice. bring a smile. I mean, yeah. remember I when think we? That's good. Yeah, our old... so far I don't have any clothes on for this party. <laughs> I'm just saying. Liam. Okay, remember our old producer Courtney used to say to us when we would read copy and we would be tired and cranky, and she'd say, "Put a smile in your voice." Yes, I always thought that was good direction. Yeah. So, but just a little bit of a smile is great. So you walk into room and great you posture, and you're smiling. Yeah. Okay, you can do this. And then what gift to give? We had a question on. Uh, is it mascarpone? It is. <laughs> it's sequin pants, which surprised me. <laughs> okay, this one's going to be tougher for me. Inner peace. Oh. Bring inner wow. peace. Your vibration radiates out and induces the same feeling in others. And that's true. You know that, right? Yes. When people walk into a room and they're chaotic, all of a sudden you're chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. So and don't you just love to talk to people who are peaceful and calm? You know, that yes. that is a great gift. Yes. That is, you know, that people are not all hassled and distracted by things, but are really intentional. Yeah, I think that's great, Leanne. So yeah. the last line is once you start using these three simple practices, you realize they are timeless in their relevance. But yeah, okay. That could be true of every time. So there you go. Thank you, Rancho La Puerta. We appreciate that. <laughs> Good to remember. You know, it's right there in Tecate, Mexico, Liam, so you can drive from I here. I have I know. driven Leon, there. They have a fantastic cooking school there, too. I know. It's a friend great. of mine teaches there. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's, she goes down and teaches at their cooking school. Okay. I have a water week, too. I'm very interested Well, in. maybe when you <laughs> when you have a major birthday coming up, we can chip in. But that's not for a while. That's Sorry. years from now. <laughs> years from now. The youngest sisters strikes again. <laughs> All right. We would like to thank a couple of sponsors, and these are sponsors we really love and believe in. My, my See, husband. and you would never do that no. on your own on a weeknight. It just, you know, the spices, the carrots, the peas, the raisins, the feta, all together, the parsley. You know, it just takes it to another level. I like it. It was definitely, as they say in the biz, a different flavor profile than mm. I usually cook on a Tuesday night, and my husband was delighted. <laughs> about her beautiful new cookbook, Uncomplicated. Now, Claire listens to Satellite Sisters. Yes. And so we sort of befriended her on Twitter. And then she said, hey, I have, and I noticed she did a lot of good food posting. And we both were maligning the departure of Cooking Light. We both enjoyed that magazine. <laughs> yeah. and then she said, hey, I have a cookbook coming out. Can I send it to you? And I said, sure. And then the cookbook arrived. And I said, this is a beautiful cookbook with real recipes that I enjoy uh, are you coming to L.A.? And she was coming to L.A. So she's going to be in the studio next week. But I like to do thorough work, Liz. I know you do. So I I planned the whole – I picked, she has a whole section on entertaining, simple home entertaining. And I picked the menu from the Winter Family Birthday Party. So I made a savory pot roast. Mm. I made mm. – Sounds I, delicious. I made something that was unbelievable, a gnocchi and broccoli casserole. I, I can't even tell you how, how good it was. Really? She had a delightful salad, celery and fennel chopped salad. I made that. And then, hold on to your hats, I made dessert, which is not 
which is <laughs> well out of your wheelhouse, Leanne. Yeah, uh, right? I usually turn that over to uh, Ben and Jerry. Uh, yeah, but, so, uh, or do you just give people some lame ginger snaps? Okay. <laughs> Ginger snaps are delicious. When, when she's entertaining, I think she uses those white chocolate macadamia cookies. Of Never. course. No, I nobody Blues. wants a ginger snap after dinner. <laughs> so, but I made lemon custard. Wow. That I actually had to go out and buy ramekins for and then cook in a water bath. But it was absolutely delicious. So I, I did that all in prep because we're talking to Claire. But here's what I want to say. I want to speak directly now to our listener, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, I'm a longtime listener. Michelle worked at the Ralph's uh, in La Cunada, okay, oh. at the Ralph's grocery store. I got to know Michelle uh, because I would go there after I dropped my sons off at high school. So yes. it wasn't the closest grocery store to me, but it was an excellent grocery store. It was a big, beautiful suburban grocery store where you could drive your car down the aisle. <laughs> you know, There was a Murray's <laughs> cheese shop, and there was a bakery, and there was sushi, and there was light, and there was hardwood floors, and Julie, the food was in baskets. You know, oh, you know what that's that. like. Just a sucker for that. But mainly there was Michelle there running the whole operation. She's the best checker I've ever had. Boom, boom, boom. Things would go through. Things were bagged properly. Everybody was polite. It was a delightful store. Michelle told me with beta breath that she was retiring three months ago. Oh, she Michelle. was so excited. She's going to volunteer at the Humane Society, go see the movies. She's going to do whatever she wanted to do during retirement after like 30 years of working there. Uh-huh. Michelle, that store has gone to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> in a wicker left. basket? <laughs> hell in a wicker basket. I mean, first of all, they changed the whole the whole. Floor plan on the store was changed. Mm -hmm. So it looks like a warehouse store now. Things are piled to the ceiling. Aisles are long. The lighting is bad. Everything's crushed together. They put in those self-checkout things. Mm -hmm. Those don't work. We know that. No. It just gums everything up. And then they've gotten in a whole new crew of checkers. I don't want to say that this woman threw my pot roast at me this (laughs) week. But But it felt that way? Some hostility emanating from the checker when I asked her to put the meat in a separate plastic bag. Michelle that, never would have given you never, attitude about that. Never. She so, just would have done that. Michelle, I'm done with that store. You're gone. The whole place <laughs> has just gone downhill. It's the talk of Facebook amongst all my friends. What has happened to the Ralphs and La Cunata? <laughs> Michelle, you were clearly the glue holding that whole place together. <laughs> I wish you well in retirement. Don't ever go back there, Michelle. It would break your heart. All right. But we look forward to talking to Claire Danzi next week. Uncomplicated. Yeah. I'm going to put some photos up from the dinner party. Yeah. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Happy birthday to my mother-in-law. And uh, But the food was delicious. What so. a fantastic name for a cookbook. Uncomplicated. Yes. Because that that would get yeah, even me like, to be interested. You want that. Yeah. Right. I, and, uh, you know, my son was there and his girlfriend, she's a food photographer. And they were like, oh, these photos are good. Very clean. Very, very simple. Very. Oh. I said, uncomplicated? Because exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful book. Okay. Time to uh, get into the entertainment report. A couple of quick mm-hmm. things. I have a movie recommendation I want to make. I went to see Widows. Have either of you guys seen this? No. No, because I'm so interested to hear what you thought of it, Liz. Okay, this came out. It got super good reviews, but it's still, I feel like it's not as buzzy as it deserves to be. This is a hardcore heist movie meets a down and dirty Chicago political machine story. It's almost like two, two, two movies in one. Oh. And so I think it's it's definitely a little bit more complicated than your Ocean's Eleven. Uh, it is done by the director, Steve McQueen, who directed 12 Years a Slave. And the co-writer is Gillian Flynn from Gone Girl, or is it Gillian oh, Flynn? Oh, yeah. However you pronounce that. Anyway, so it has sort of a Gone Girl, clever quality to it. 
And here's the cast. First of all, it's the widows who are undertaking the host, the, the heist, oh, the heist. The widows are Viola Davis, Cynthia, Cynthia Arrivo, who I saw in Broadway on The Color Purple. So talk about someone who can do anything. Yeah. There's no singing and dancing in this one. Mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez from Lost, Leah. Yep, she's always good. And an actress I was not familiar with, Elizabeth Debicki. They're fantastic. So they're pulling off. They, like, play the guys in this. They're pulling off the host. But then the male cast. The heist. The heist. <laughs> I keep saying that. Okay. Well, yeah, you hear it all here. Um, here are some of the guys in the movie. Just, like, the supporting cast. Liam Neeson. Hmm. Daniel Kaluuya. Colin Farrell, who I got to say, Chicago accent. Not a hundred percent solid, but still, I love it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. He's great. Oh. Even Robert Duvall is in this thing. Oh, and then Matt Walsh from Veep. Oh, you know who plays yeah. Mike, Mike the Loser from Veep. He's in it. So anyway, I would say go see this movie. Oh, okay, it deserves your support. It's really well done. It's very clever. Not a frothy heist. Much more complicated and deeper than that. So go see Widows. Okay, next. My behind-the-scenes entertainment report. Now, this is just something I wanted to share because it is so beautiful. You all know that the new Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns, opens across the country on December 19th. Well, the actual the actual premiere, I know people that have already bought their tickets. Yeah. And I suggest doing that. Uh, but the actual premiere was here in Hollywood last Thursday night. And one of my very close friends, who you guys both know, um, is named Chris Van Dyke. And he grew up here in L.A. because his father is Dick Van Dyke. So when I was up in Oregon, they live in Oregon, when Chris and his wife, also named Chris, it gets a little confusing. (laughs) Anyway, over Thanksgiving, I saw them for dinner one night, and he said he was coming down. His father really wanted him to go to the premiere of Mary Poppins Returns with him. Because you can imagine, if you're Dick Van Dyke, this is kind of a big moment. Right. And Chris doesn't normally partake in all of the Hollywood stuff, but big moment for his dad, you know, and kind of fun. And he showed me a picture he had of himself, Chris, the son, attending the original Mary Poppins premiere, like way back in the day. Wow. So he was 12 then. And now he's, like, very grown up. So... The whole family's going to go. He comes down. He's, he meets his dad at his place. Dick Van Dyke lives up in Malibu. So they've got the big limo going to the premiere, uh, which is at Groman's Chinese Theater mm-hmm. in Hollywood, which is where the original Mary Poppins premiere also happened. So you can imagine for this family, this is kind of a big moment. And Dick is like 92. He's 92. Yeah, he's yeah. 92. Yeah. So they load up into the, into the limo. They're on their way. From Malibu to Hollywood, which is not easy. No. People. And that's like a four hour drive or something, right? <laughs> I mean, can well, be. yes. Here's what happened, Julie. Major SIG alert, as we call it oh. here in in LA. So there was a highway closure on the ten, which is how they were supposed to get to Hollywood. So now I have his wife, also named Chris, texting me that Dick and Chris and the rest of the fam are stuck on the ten. <laughs> And they don't they can't get to Hollywood in time for the premiere. What are they gonna oh, do? Oh no. So then but then Julie, somehow LAPD gets wind of this. So they get an escort, like 
off the highway through like the highways and byways, canyons. Like I think he said he went. I got an email from him at one point that said, what a cartoon. Had to drive all the way around through Malibu Canyon, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they were they were so late getting to the premiere. The Bob Iger, the boss at Disney, had to hold the start of the premiere because Dick Van Dyke hadn't arrived oh, yet. Oh, wow. And you know what? You can't start that until <laughs> Dick Van Dyke is in the house. So they arrive. So instead of walking in from the back of the theater and being seated the way most people would if they arrived at the normal time, they actually came in from the side directly into the front of the theater to take their seats. Uh, and then the movie was going to start. And Chris posted, you can find this on uh, on the web. I'll put it, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out or something. He posted this video of when Dick and Chris and Dick's wife Arlene and like when the family walked into the theater, everyone was already seated and waiting. The entire Grumman's Chinese Theater gave Dick Van Dyke a standing ovation. Ah. I mean, oh, that brings tears to my eyes. That's, I know that's, that's super califragilisticexpialidocious, <laughs> Liz. Oh, that's such a great story. It's just so great. So I had texted him. I saw that he posted the video, and again, it's not something he does a lot as a right. Hollywood son because he's been gone for so long. But Even I, though he literally is the spitting image of his father, the spitting yeah. image, yeah, absolutely. So when I texted him and said, oh, my God, that video was so emotional. That night must have been very special for your family. He said it really was not a dry eye in our entourage. So special to see such an outpouring of love and appreciation for his lifetime of work. So that's, that's great. Nice. That's really great. So if you needed. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Not that anyone needs another reason to go see that movie. Mary Poppins Returns opens December 19th. <laughs> Just wanted to pass that along. And in a lot of these, there are photos of them on the red carpet where you see Dick Van Dyke greeting Emily Blunt. And if you see the silver-haired man standing directly behind Dick Van Dyke, who looks exactly like Dick Van Dyke, but, you know, 30 years younger, that's his son, Chris. That's my friend, Chris. Yeah, anyway. he was all over the news the next day. That made me laugh. <laughs> that made me laugh seeing him in all the news reports. That is a great story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there were a lot of nice stories about Dick Van Dyke on the set and, mm-hmm. you know, how he just nailed his performance. And, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. Wonderful what a guy. story. Uh, and, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda is in uh, Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> Again, you don't need any more reasons to see this movie. But Lin-Manuel Miranda is in no, it. Just and, go see it. Yes. And I want to thank Mary Pat, who reminded us in the Facebook group that Mary Pat Toomey actually attended the Kennedy Center Honors, which were held the other night in D.C., that the show airs December 26th. And she said, if you're a Hamill fan, which, of course, many of us are, that the Hamilton sequence during the show does not disappoint. And I can see, because I follow Lin-Manuel Miranda on Twitter, that the Schuyler sisters performed. The original cast performed as part of this. So set your VCRs, people. Kennedy Center honors December 26th for what looks to be a very special Lin-Manuel Miranda moment. What, do you know, why was our listener Mary Pat there? She, well, she lives in D.C. Oh. She's one of the Satellite Sisters Next Gen who oh. organized a meetup oh, for us yeah. a couple years right, ago. Mary Pat. And, but I don't know. Mary Pat, you can let us know what yeah. your actual connection to the event was. Okay. But uh, she just said, hashtag the room where it happens. You know. <laughs> Fantastic. She was there. Always good. The oh, By the way, the other honorees, Cher, Philip Glass, Reba McIntyre, and Wayne Shorter. So that sounds, apparently cl- Cher closes the show. Oh. You can't go as, wrong with as this. As she should. As she should. <laughs> Are they going to get Wayne Shorter to she close? She always closes it. She... 
And the the award for Hamilton is the first time that an actual work of art has gotten a Kennedy Center. Oh, because okay. it's for Hamilton, not for Lin Manuel. Oh, Miranda. I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh. yeah. So they give it to Lin Manuel Miranda, Tommy Kale, Andy Blankenbuehler, and Alex Lackmore, who were the you know they all created that show together. So cannot wait. I've cleared the decks for December 26th, Mary Pat. Thank you. Okay. We would like to thank uh, Sergio Enriquez, who is our engineer here at the Wendry Sunset Studios. We'd like to thank our sponsors for this week's podcast, Away, Brooklinen, FabFitFun, and Green Chef. You can always find links, the links we mentioned, at SatelliteSisters.com for all the special offers you hear there. Um Julie, we know you have a busy week. What, do you have anything on your to-do list there? Yes. I, not to get myself locked out of this apartment, oh, yeah. Leanne. Good one. You think I'm kidding. The stakes are high. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I'm just trying to recover from enrolling in our health insurance program oh. last night uh-huh. at like midnight oh. before my husband got on a 5 a.m. flight. <laughs> he looked at me and said, we have to do the health insurance today. <laughs> I was like... Okay, and we had to re-enroll. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of, it's a new company. Oh, yeah. I, I had to learn everything I could about health savings accounts in like 30 minutes. Oh. It was great. That sounds very pleasant. That sounds like a really nice couple's time <laughs> Super together. great. It is. It's meaningful to me, Jewel. Meaningful. <laughs> Even better oh. than doing your taxes together? Just, just a notch below doing doing the taxes all right, and, and putting up the Christmas tree lights. Uh, all right, Liz, how about you? What do you have on your to-do list? Well, I have two major January deadlines that I'm training for. First is the training for my major athletic adventure continues. We will not Good. reveal too early in the new year the, what Julie and I are doing in the new year. But I have a training partner, Corny Cole, who you mentioned earlier in the show. We decided to take a test hike through Griffith Park this weekend. It went very well, except we got so lost. <gasps> Just oh, We were no. out there for so long that by the end of our hike, we were singing the theme song to Gilligan's Island. We were out there for three <laughs> hours, and we were like, oh. three-hour tour. We end up in a place that was just so far from our cars that – there was a thought about taking an Uber back to the parking lot, but no. We just hoofed it the last 1.8 miles where we were. That's how far away from the parking lot we were, but whatever. So <laughs> that's the kind of terrible urban hiking story that lands you on the news. You know, podcaster and producer lost in Griffith Park. Story I think we, at 11. At least we, there was no helicopter rescue. Yeah, yeah. Thank I think you we were for never in danger. that embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> We were never in danger. And the other thing is that my annual physical is scheduled for Jan 7. So oh, yeah. I'm playing kind of the blood test game right now. I asked my doctor if I could get my blood test done before my appointment so that we could actually talk about the results, which means then you have to back time it into totally cleaning your blood by, <laughs> by, the, end, okay, Liz. by the end of okay. December. So, yeah, that's why I'm going keto tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a medical term, cleaning your blood? (laughs) Okay. Should be. Should be. Sounds. Have a good week, Liz. That sounds fun. Thank you. Working on it. It Sounds fun. All right, everybody. You have a good week. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. We always appreciate you listening to Satellite Sisters and spreading the word, Uh, especially here in the holiday season. It's great to be together with you. And don't forget. Call your satellite sister.